Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, the Online Safety Commissioner will join me to talk about the impact of social media on the Dublin riots, tackling Elon Musk, and the changes that will be brought in as part of the Online Safety Code. John Riley will review the GTA 6 trailer. And we will look at the biggest online scams as Christmas approaches. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. But we're going to start this week with the Online Safety Commissioner, Neve Hodnett, who is one of the commissioners working at Commission Naman, which is the newly formed body replacing the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland that will tackle online platforms. Now, obviously enough, there is plenty to tackle and they are still working on the development of the online safety code. Neve joined me on the programme over the summer and we talked through, uh, I suppose, not only what her role entails, but what the online safety code will entail. And progress has continued to be made. Uh, I spoke to Neve a little earlier in the week and she told me where they're at now. Sure, Jess. I think we spoke over the summer when we were launching our call for inputs. So that was our first engagement with the public as to what should be covered in our first online safety code, what harms, what measures should we introduce. Um, we took on board all of the submissions to the response to the co- responses to the call for inputs, and we published that today on our website. So that's available to see on our website. We also commissioned a harms report to understand a bit more about the different types of online harms and how they arise. That's also published today on our website and we engaged in surveys as well to understand more about usage and harms. And all of those documents are published today on our website. And most importantly, we've published a consultation on our first draft online safety code. So this is a milestone as we see it for online safety because the code will be a binding set of rules that platforms have to comply with to reduce illegal or harmful content online. So this marks the end of self-regulation as once the code is in place, we'll be holding the platforms to account. And this is a really interesting point that I I just want to clarify um, is that if I put something up on a platform that is deemed to be in breach, is it the platform that gives out to me and then you guys give out to the platforms and that's the way it's going to work rather than you coming directly to my door? Certainly. So it's very important, I suppose, that we are regulating the platforms in relation to the online safety code, not the individuals. But we will be requiring the platforms in our online safety code to prohibit in their terms and conditions the uploading and sharing of harmful and illegal content. So we're requiring that to be introduced into the terms of conditions that platforms have to the extent that it's not there already. And then we're also requiring them to put in place mechanisms so that when people flag or report harmful or illegal content, that the platform will inform the users or the public about the outcome of their decisions in relation to that and will put in place effective complaint handling in relation to that also so that complaints are dealt with in a timely and diligent manner. I don't want to veer too far off the code for a second but in the wake of the riots in Dublin on the 23rd of November I went through and I was reading the terms and conditions of a lot of the online platforms and indeed the messaging services And pretty much every single one of them says that, you know, the incitement of violence or the spreading of harmful material goes against their T's and C's. But we know from having been on these platforms or I know from having been on these platforms that that kind of content is there. 
So touch wood, fingers crossed and all the rest that we don't see something like that again. But if we were to, what would be different if the code as it's drafted today was implemented? Well, we will be enforcing the code um, once the code is in place. And we would also be the enforcer of the Digital Services Act from February 2024, um, if that was to hopefully not happen again after that time. Um, Incitement to hatred and violence are certainly covered in our online safety code. And we're also consulting on additional measures to address the amplification of harmful content online by recommender systems or algorithms so that these feeds don't amplify illegal or harmful content to become a toxic feed. We will be monitoring for non-compliance with the code. And if platforms are not complying with their obligations under the code or under the Digital Services Act, we are establishing a supervision, compliance and enforcement team who will be taking investigations and and own initiative investigations also. One thing that I'm curious about, and I actually wrote about this in the Business Post after you and I spoke over the summer, uh, was that my brain was kind of spinning like a Rubik's Cube after our conversation to try and figure out all the different aspects uh, that sit on your desk, all the different things under that one umbrella, but also the the need for speed when it comes to enforcing and tackling the content that you will be tackling. Because anyone who's ever had anything bad said about them online, either as a teenager, a child or an adult, or anyone who's ever seen misinformation, disinformation, incitement to hatred, the rallying of troops, they know that having that content online for two minutes, two hours, two days or two months is too much. Um, so how quickly will the enforcement and the takedown of content that's deemed to be in breach, you know, how, how soon will that have to happen for fines not to be issued? So we're consulting on requiring the platforms to have effective complaint handling in place Um, and complaints will have to be dealt with in a timely and diligent manner and reports of these, proactive reports of these will have to be provided to us. Our our, our code is seeking to address the balance so that the public can have confidence when they're complaining that the platforms will be accountable for how they deal with those complaints and we will be overseeing that and monitoring to see the timelines that have been achieved by the platforms and if we think that these are sufficient we can revisit that in future code imposing um, binding measures for example. I'd like to, if I get the chance, just to kind of go through some additional measures and the types mm-hmm. of harms and legal content that we're covering as well in the first online safety code. Yeah, no, do absolutely please do talk us through them. Um, so the types of harms that we're covering in the first draft online safety code are the harms that people have raised with us in the response to the call for inputs and for meetings with them. And this is content which is harmful to children. So cyberbullying, self-harm, content that promotes eating or feeding disorders, content that promotes uh, dangerous challenges or live streaming content. Um, This would be dangerous live streaming content. Content which is harmful to adults such as um, incitement to hatred or violence which we've discussed on grounds of protected characteristics and that can include gender, race, sexual orientation um, and also illegal content such as child sex abuse material, terrorism, racism and xenophobia as well as non-consensual intimate image sharing. So it's quite a broad spread in, indeed of illegal and harmful content. And in addition to the measures that we discussed so the prohibition in the T's and C's the flagging, reporting, complaint handling, we're also requiring age verification. So for 
those users of the service requiring effective age verification um, to confirm they meet the minimum age for whether the service is 13 or 16 um, and self-declaration or simply allowing a child to self-declare an age will be insufficient. And then in addition, the code will require robust age verification to ensure that those who access pornography sites are over 18. So what does that robust age verification look like? Because anyone, you know, I could go on now, say if I'm interested in buying a Guinness hamper for someone for Christmas and I go on to a Diageo website, a little drop down box will come in and it'll ask me to put in my date of birth and I'll put in 14th of the 2nd, 1989, accept all the cookies and all the rest and I'm on the website. That's not a very thorough or overly sophisticated mechanism. Uh, so what what does a more robust version of that look like? So in addition to our code, we've published draft guidance for consultation for people's views as well as to the different types of age verification or robust age verification that can be in place. And we're not stipulating in the draft code any one particular uh, type of technology or approach in relation to robust age verification. We note there are a number of measures that could meet this requirement, such as, for example, documentary, um, I, like ID documents um, accompanied by selfie or live likeness. Um, also, as age estimation develops over time, that may become sufficiently precise um, and effective to, to amount to robust age verification. So we're very much leaving the type of robust age verification measure open to the platforms, but they will have to report to us on that accuracy of the measures they're using and how effective it is. Okay, that is interesting because that is something I think that has cropped up not only in terms of sort of adult websites and whatever, but also social media platforms where younger users are going on, as you said, um, even though that they shouldn't be on those platforms, they are going on. It's something that's been hotly debated. Uh, I've watched many pas- passionate uh, conversations in the doll and so on about it over the years. Um, I want to go back to the enforcement though because there was a few conversations this week as to whether or not um, X in particular cooperated with Agarashiakona and the Department of Justice in terms of the investigations into um, November 23 and I was talking to Stephen O'Leary last week about X in general and uh, I asked him if he thought that Elon Musk would comply with things like your office and like the Digital Services Act because he probably hasn't shown uh, a whole host of examples of respectful behaviour and interactions with different governing bodies. And I'm just wondering, you know, if it turns into a bit of an arm wrestle to get uh, compliance from a company like that, who's going to win? I suppose it's important to bear in mind that... um, the code isn't optional. So the code will be a binding code once it's adopted and non-compliance with the code attaches significant civil administrative sanctions or fines of up to 10% of relevant turnover or 20 million, whichever is the greater. Um, There can be also criminal sanctions for senior directors of a company for certain contraventions of the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act also. In addition, the Digital Services Act, you can impose fines of up to 6% of worldwide turnover under that. And there's an additional um, regulatory measure that we have as part of our uh, toolkit, which is the Terrorism Content Online Regulation. And where you're hosting service provider um, exposed to terrorist content, fines of up to 4% of worldwide turnover can be imposed. So I do think there is uh, significant sanctions there and and that the code, um, when it's enforced, and that would have a dissuasive effect in relation to non-compliant behaviour. Mm. Okay, let's bring it back back to something that we touched upon. And again, I mentioned it to Stephen O'Leary last week and I think I mentioned it to you over the summer. But 
the content that's just upsetting or that causes harm to me as an individual. So whether that is targeted bullying, trolling, harassment, not on the level where, you know, there's going to be violence on the streets, but just day to day upsetting content. Will the terms and conditions of the platform still dictate and uh, be enforced as to what is deemed inappropriate content? Or if I report something and the platform says it's not in breach, can I then turn to your office saying, look, this has happened. I find it deeply upsetting. Help me, please. It, it depends on the type of content, yeah. So we're establishing a contact centre from February of next year where um, where the public can come to us with queries they have in relation to um, uh, harmful or illegal content. We already have a tab on our website under online safety where there's further information about how to report what content as well, which may be of help to your listeners. But in relation to the content that's going to be covered by the code, um, it would be content that's harmful to children that would be covered for cyberbullying, self-harm, suicide, eating, feeding disorders, dangerous challenges and live streaming. For content which is harmful to adults, it would be incitement to hatred on grounds of um, protected characteristics or incitement to violence on grounds of protected characteristics. Now, these do include gender, race, sexual orientation, a number of measures. And then it would be illegal content, such as sex abuse material, terrorism, racism, xenophobia, non-consensual intimate image sharing, etc. So it may be that despite um, the content being upsetting indeed that it does not fall within either the category of harmful content or code or illegal content. It would depend on the particular um, content involved. And so we're establishing a contact centre that will help um, help inform and educate users to how best to make complaints. And we would very much say go to the platforms first, raise the raise the concerns with them, use their flags and reports, and our obligations will make it binding for those to be effective. And we will be overseeing that um, so that people can have faith in how complaint handling is being dealt with. The additional measure is the amplification of harmful content. So additional measure we're consulting on is um, there may be isolated instance of a harmful content out there but it's when it's amplified or if that's all you see in a feed then that can become toxic indeed and so we're also consulting on measures that can interrupt those harmful or toxic feeds and require safety considerations to be taken into account at design stage so we want the platforms to put safety and children front and central by using safety by design okay and obviously i don't think anyone would really object to that it's a bit of the common sense and a bit of the boundaries that perhaps may have been missing for quite a few years coming into play which is great um the other side of this i suppose is the political side uh because we know like if you look at the last number of presidential elections dating back to the first election of president obama Different social media platforms have been used to great effect as a tool to, you know, get your message out out there as a politician. But in the wake of Cambridge Analytica, I think a lot of people woke up to the fact that this can be used and abused, uh, which isn't great. We are facing into yet another presidential election. There's probably going to be a general election in this country next year. And the use of social platforms has gone through the roof, but also has, as too has the development of artificial intelligence, deep fake videos, image manipulation, all that sort of jazz. Are there provisions in the code that are specific to political content? So there aren't provisions in the code that are specific to political content, but there are some that will be of use. So the incitement to hatred or violence, for example, against... um, 
individuals on, on, on grounds of um, political involvement or political party involvement. There's also a requirement in the draft code that there would be a media literacy um, plan put in place by the platform so that they would report to us on that. And that media literacy requirements would include about information on, and disinformation and, and more media literacy raising in relation to that. There's also advertising transparency requirements in the code. So if there was, um, if, 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 for example, advertising was paid for by a particular um, political party or whatever, it has to be clearly marked as as advertising as opposed to material that might not appear to be obvious advertising on the face of it. And is there anything in relation to the provision or the, the use of artificial intelligence and image manipulation, that sort of thing? Um, the code doesn't pick out any particular form of technology. Mm-hmm. In terms of the interaction of AI and the code, um, child sex abuse material, whether it was AI-based or otherwise, would still be covered by the code. Um, the form of um, AI or artificial intelligence that the code um, we're consulting on that we're concerned about is the amplification of harmful content by recommender systems or algorithms. So that form of AI we're particularly focused on in, in consulting on measures in relation to that. But there are also benefits of AI, such as in, and which we discuss in our guidance as well, um, in the area of age estimation. So rather than requiring documentary evidence or upload, which we discussed earlier, um, there may be effective forms of age verification um, 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 arrived at through AI, so through age estimation. So there, there are also benefits to AI. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one final and content point. moderation. So sorry for interrupting you. So AI then allows um, a no lot of content to, to never be uploaded or seen by anyone in the first place, um, and doesn't need to be kind of upsetting human content moderators uh, or disturbing them either and it's much more quicker and efficient so there's a good role for AI in the area of content moderation also. Yeah that's exactly where I was going to go with my final question in relation to platforms that are end-to-end encrypted because a lot of the talk has been focused on social media platforms which are very often out in plain sight and so on. There had been talk and reports in some newspapers uh, last week I think it was that, you know, Angara Chiacona may get access to users' WhatsApp. And obviously that service is end-to-end encrypted. I don't think that's something that Meta would ever want to break or could break because of the nature of it. But is there a case for utilising AI in some way on platforms in groups where there is an identifiably large amount of traffic happening, um, as was the case on November 23rd? Um, so our first online safety code is addressed to video sharing platform services rather than um, interpersonal communications, for example. Um, the Digital Services Act applies to a range of intermediate services. We have rules in relation to that too. And the terrorism content online regulation applies to hosting service providers. The greater the extent to which interpersonal communications groups have public groups or public channels and then the further they're moving away from being interpersonal communications and more into the realm of potentially being um, platforms if if there are public channels available um, or if if the groups are very open and very large indeed. Yeah that was Neve Hodnett who is the online safety commissioner speaking to me a little earlier in the week about the development of the online safety code. I think it's very interesting to hear what she has to say, particularly about Elon Musk um, and how this code isn't going to be optional. So non-compliance is not an option. Um, And I think there will probably be some speed bumps along the way. But I know myself as an online user, 
everything and anything that can be done to make the online world that bit safer uh, has to be a good thing, right? But I would love to know what you think. Uh, do you think that this will actually make a difference? Are there other things that you would like to see within the code? You can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. One thing, though, that I have been thinking about since that conversation with Neve was the response to the question when I asked about, you know, upsetting content. So, as I mentioned on the show last week to Stephen O'Leary, I've come off X because of some of the content that was coming my way. And I still think that there is more to be done on the platform side anyway to take abuse, harassment, trolling, whatever you want to call it, more seriously. Because I know from talking to my friends, from talking to other journalists, just chatting to people in general, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or not. You know, upsetting content is upsetting content. And you never know what somebody has going on in their lives when they receive a hateful, hurtful message. Um... And so to not have that provision in the online safety code for adults is interesting to me, particularly at a time when platforms like X are just not taking sufficient steps, in my opinion, to deal with uh, content of that nature. So I'll be very interested to see what happens. I'm obviously watching X like a hawk, um, despite not being on the platform anymore. I just think it's a saga that continues to spin, but then people are still using it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end, but I know that my time on the platform has come to an end. I just don't want to be there anymore. If you've walked away, let me know. Do you miss it? I still do miss it a little bit, just for people that I would have engaged with and the interaction that I would have gotten around things like this program. But I just made the call that it wasn't worth the impact it was having on me and uh, my wider life so it's gone but anyway we're going to move on and when we come back John Riley is going to join me to talk about this the only way we're going to get through this is by sticking together being a team (laughs) trust trust Yeah, that is the trailer for GTA 6. John will be with us right after this. 